Uh, today, as Glenn mentioned, I'll, we'll be continuing, or I'll be continuing the message series on Kingdom Come. We've been specifically looking at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, and slowly kind of going through little uh, pieces as Jesus was teaching. Um, but for this morning, uh, I felt kind of led to actually, in a moment, start with a, with a several minute video clip. Um, as some of you are aware of, I serve on the board at Helping Hands in Hanwell Falls. If you're not familiar with Helping Hands, it's a awesome organization that's made up of, I think, nine different churches, uh, pastors, leaders, or members of those churches coming together specifically to help the poor in Jesus' name. Awesome, awesome group. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a vision uh, casting meeting, and the executive board was there, and so it was uh, Tom Chappell, the director, uh, Ed Sachs, Gail Tullock, Woo, shout out to the Tullocks in the house, uh, myself, and we were just there, and we had this lady come up uh, from North Carolina that was just kind of sharing uh, a little bit with us and helping us just kind of see, Lord, where, where can we best meet needs in St. Lawrence County? And she started off with this video, which honestly, like, I hadn't seen before, but it really, it really hit my heart to really think of, um, man, am I living for myself and my needs, or am I really living for Jesus and serving others? And uh, I wanted to share that video. I really appreciate being able to be on the receiving side of that and then thinking of how to meet the needs and specifically our county. And we spent the next hour or two talking about needs specifically in our county. I think we all can agree there's many needs. Amen? Right? And if we're the hands and feet of Jesus, I believe in the Lord's wanting us to meet some of those needs. Amen? Right? So let's watch this video together. And then we're going to have a moment to pray at the end of it. Um, so let's, let's watch this together. This is uh, shared, it's, a, it's a, um, I think an end of a message by a guy named Tim Tebow. But let's see if we can watch it together this morning. When I was at the University of Florida for every home game, we would get in the bus at our hotel and we would drive right by the stadium and we would stop at what's called the Gator Walk. And every game I played there, there was probably 20 to 40,000 fans at this Gator Walk ready to greet us as we get off the bus. I would see all these people, I gotta tell you, there were a lot of voices that started to hit me. One of the first voices that instantly hit me was, was pride and arrogance. Because I would look out and I would see thousands of jerseys with my number on it. I would look out and I would see Bible verses that they were wearing because I wore them. And so for a second you thought, dang, I'm something. They're here for me. This is pretty cool. I must be somebody. There's a picture that I stumbled across. And it's one of Time's 100 most influential images of all time. And it's the picture of this young girl. She's on her way from her village to a feeding center not far away. And she's so malnourished and she's moving so slow that this vulture is waiting to attack. So the young man that took this picture, I think there was probably something in his heart that he, he wanted to do good, he just, he wasn't sure. so. So he, he captured this picture and he just waited and, and then 
the vulture got closer, so he kind of shooed the vulture off, and then he walked away, and the vulture would come right back. And he was told, because of some of the sicknesses in the areas, don't touch anybody, don't do anything, and so he didn't. He didn't. He did nothing. Because apparently the cost was too much. So he left. He went back. The New York Times published this photo in 1993. In 94, he won the Pulitzer Prize for this photo. Four months after this, he chose to end his life. You see, every single one of us, we have a chance to be successful in life. And you know what? I hope you are. I really do. I, I hope you're successful. There's nothing wrong with being successful. But success is just about you. But significance is about other people. You see, that man that took that picture, he had success. That's one of the greatest honors a photographer could ever have. But obviously it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So what's going to be enough for you? You see, success is great. You can do a lot of things with it, but it's not going to be fulfilling. And you can never forget that sense of urgency that it's not about your timeline, it's about their timeline. While you might have 30, 40, 50 years, they have days, minutes, moments. She had moments, but it wasn't worth it to go pick her up. It wasn't worth it to give her a hug. It wasn't worth it to tell her about the gospel. Yeah, I won a Pulitzer Prize, but what does it matter? What does it matter? It doesn't. And I think the greatest tragedy in life is we're going to look back one day and say, I was successful in things that don't matter. I want you to be successful. But more than anything, I want you to be significant. And when you live for Jesus and you love people, I believe you're going to have a life of significance. Let's take a moment to pray. God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, when you saw us in our sin and brokenness, a world that rebelled against you, God, that you moved in service and humility and, and ultimately death for us, God. And Lord, as we get reminded by this video, Lord, uh, how it's going to be so easy to live for ourselves. Lord, uh, forgive me how many times I live for myself with pride, and God, I know we all can struggle with this, Lord. I do pray, God, that together as a body, Lord, we can move to even caring and sharing and loving even more people together here on the campus in this community. Lord, as you lead other countries, God, may you increase in us as we decrease. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I've watched this video several times. Every time it just hits me so strongly, it just makes me think, am I living a life that really is for Jesus? Or am I living a life just for me? Honestly, as I reflect on that, there's a lot of my life that's really just focused on Jim. But I think when we realize, wow, when I realize, and I want to live a life for Jesus. God, if there's anything you desire, time, money, resources, whatever you got, Lord, 
I want to be part of that. And I believe that's where we want to grow as a church, amen? I know I do. Um, yeah, Lord, any, any way. Lord, you ask, I just want to say yes. I want to say yes to Jesus. Not yes to Jim, but yes to Jesus. Two examples, as we'll get to our text in a moment, two examples I thought of. Um, there's an opportunity with two sisters when Jesus was coming to visit them, Mary and Martha. And uh, some of you probably know this story, but uh, Martha was really busy just preparing all these things. And, uh, and Mary was just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And uh, Martha was so concerned. And she looked at Martha. It's like, Martha, you're so worried, right? There's one thing you lacked, and Mary has chosen that, just to sit. I'm thinking, how many times can we right, run so quickly that the invitation is just to sit, to say yes to Jesus and just sit at his feet? Or in the, another story that's well known is about the Good Samaritan, right? You get the religious you know, priest and assistant past the beggar on the road or a child, if you want to use that illustration. And oftentimes I always think, I really hope I'm the Good Samaritan, but sometimes I think I live my life more like the religious priest or the assistant, right? It's just so easy, just not in the schedule. We just don't have the time. It's too dangerous. The hug, you don't know what could happen from, right? And we can just move. But I think asking, Lord, God, would you search our heart, Lord, and see if there's anything in there that's not of you, and say yes to Jesus every day. I wanted to give that background because as we're in the Sermon on the Mount, and this message will actually be short because Jesus actually gives it very clearly how to apply it. Uh, some things are just simple truths. That doesn't mean they're easy, just they're very clearly taught by Jesus. But the religious leaders that he's dealing with, the Pharisees, so often, not all of them, but most of them, wanted to have a religious pride to the way they did their life. Essentially, they would choose and judge other people according to how they were failing at certain things. There oftentimes were additions to the law of God. But they themselves would also sin in those same areas. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where someone's calling you out on something, and then you realize they're doing the exact same thing they're calling you out on. We're not going to raise hands, but we know that's painful, right? We would call someone like that a hypocrite, someone that says, you can't do this, you can't steal, and then you find out they're stealing all along, right? And a lot of times religious leaders, they're looking for praise from people, just like Tim Tebow was saying, all the praise from the fans. Uh, for the Pharisees, it was all the people that look at Look at us. We're amazing. We're religious people. We have long-winded prayers. We give extravagantly to the point when we do, we make mention of it. When we fast, you know about it. Um, when we make oaths, which we're about to see, we're going to make it lavish, and we're going to make it loud. Like, you're going to know how great we are by the way we live. And as we can see, all that stems right down to the heart issue, which Jesus is going to get out in a moment, of pride. It wasn't truly about God. It sounded like it was, and that's just religion, just echoes of sounds bouncing everywhere, but the heart was far from the Lord. So the cultural background of this text we'll look at in a moment, we're going to be talking about oaths, or making a, a promise, or swearing. So, and this time, uh, <laughs> oaths were given by the religious leaders and the people of the time on pretty much anything except mentioning God as an oath could be a form of making a promise that you could still break. And so essentially it was just like, hey, I pinky swear you on this, or I swear on my mother's grave, or whatever the modern version would it be for us, but not having an intention to actually follow through. And Jesus is going to hit on that directly as we go to Matthew 5, 33 through 37. It's just a couple verses, and at the end of it, 
37, Jesus literally explains exactly what we should do and not do. So let's look at it together. Again, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. So once again, Jesus, for those who are new here today, Jesus keeps looking back at Old Testament scriptures that religious leaders would know, and he keeps, he's affirming them, but he's upping the ante, so to speak, right? Remember about looking at anger in the heart, most people focus on murder, and he's like, if you have anger in your heart, you're on that track. Uh, focus on adultery, if you have lust in your heart, you're on that, you're on that track. Um, also, connecting lust, adultery to divorce, those who are just divorcing to the remarry, to divorce to the remarry, to divorce to remarry, lust and adultery are just woven into like a religious kind of facet together. And today, the fourth one, once again, looking backward, you have heard of old, the Old Testament, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. And there we go. Again, Jesus is now going to, once again, bring it back to the heart. But he says, I say to you, do not take an oath at all. All right. Either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. When I first read that, I was like, that's really interesting. Why is Jesus saying those specifics? Because, I was reading one of the just commentaries, I just want to read a sentence. An oath which succeeded in avoiding the name of God, get this, an oath which succeeded in avoiding the name of God was not absolutely binding. So, one could swear by one's head, by Jerusalem, by heaven, by earth, and so on. Um, God was not thought of as a partner in such transactions, so to break faith was not serious. Do we see a problem with that? Right? There's a problem with that, right? It's essentially not including it. But Jesus, I'll just read it again because this will make a little bit more sense. At least it helped me. Jesus hits on all those things but attaching it to God. So he says, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, where they're just like, we're just mentioning heaven, not God. And he's like, for it is the throne of God. You're mentioning a place where God himself lives. Or by earth, oh, we're not mentioning God, for it is his footstool. Ah, God is in there once again. Or by Jerusalem, we didn't mention God, for it is the city of the great king. You see what Jesus is doing there? He's literally just slicing it straight through. You're trying to get out of having promises that you actually back up and are faithful with. But Jesus is saying, no, every action of the heart ought to be made with a view of God in mind. Amen? And we're not supposed to have this false dichotomy of uh, this life here is for Jesus, and I'm going to live it, and it's going to be all for God. In this moment, this place, 90 minutes on a Sunday or a small group, God, I am here for you. But when I'm not here, now it's Jim, right? You know, this, this is me. You know, So I can say different things. When I'm not in certain places, right? Uh, if I'm not in the church building, I can, I can, my language can start to change. Uh, my priority, I give generously. But here, actually, this, this other six days are all about me. And that false dichotomy, Jesus keeps hitting at. Like, it's all about the heart. Jesus isn't looking for religious ac- exercises of sacrifice where the heart is far from him. He's looking for a heart that longs to include him in every single thing we do. In verse 36, and it says, And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. And isn't that true? I was like, or add hair. I'm like, man, it's not, not in there, you know? If you have long hair, I don't know. I think you might just be blessed. I don't know what it is, you know? 
you can count the hairs on your head. God likes to use a lot of uh, head, hair analogies, but I think God loves all of us, short hair, long hair. <laughs> no, he does. And this is what Jesus says. He just makes it really simple. That let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than that comes from the evil, or some translations will say the evil one. So the idea here is instead of saying in the modern translation, I'm sure there's other examples, I only could think of two, like let's, let's pinky promise, like I'm going to be there. You know, when it comes to that sports game, you best believe it. Or I'm going to swear on my mother or my grandmother's grave or whatever. It's going to happen. Jesus is like, don't do that because if we always have to say an extra promise to be like, we're going to back this up, it leaves the opportunity potentially for us to be lying about a whole lot of other things. Are you with me? So it's almost like in some ways like a, like a smoke screen. Eugene Peterson, I'm going to read this from the message. It's a paraphrase, but I really liked how he worded this. He says, this is the same thing, but it's a paraphrase. And don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our transition, traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smoke screen of pious talk saying, I'll pray for you, and never doing it. Anyone else guilty of that? I, I have, honestly. I sent a little prayer emoji to somebody, and recently one of my small group coaches are like, just don't do that. If you're not going to pray for them, just say you're not praying for them, you know? Either pray or don't. Don't send something you're not intending to do. But exactly, I'll pray for you and never doing it, or saying, God be with you, and not meaning it. Guilty again. Ugh, done this. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with some religious lace, and making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. I don't know about you. I know it's a paraphrase. Obviously, we look at the translation. But I just thought it was helpful, some of the words in there, for me at least. I'm like, wow, that really, that really hit home for me. Uh, am, I, am I saying things, doing religious exercise specifically in a way that actually my heart's not actually backing at all? Um, and one of the ways I just mentioned is just praying. I, I, if I'm going to pray for someone now via phone or text, what I'll do is I'll just literally write out the prayer in the text or send them an audio message because I don't want my yes to be a lie, right? I don't want to say I'm praying for you, and this is just one example, and not actually falling through or blessing someone while you have hatred in your heart for them. God, I want my heart to align with everything I'm doing because we know that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's not a speaking problem, it's a heart problem. I got to wrap up. I have other verses I could share, but I need to, need to wrap up so we can get into song table time. Um, let's see, we're skipping over stuff. So this is about promises to other people, specifically. But when you talk about Jesus, we, we can do the same thing with God, right? Um, so taking this principle, it's like, Lord, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to step out, and then we don't. Now, I want to say, all of us fall short of the glory of God. I said that last week. So when we say something to God or to others and we don't do it, let's ask for forgiveness. Let's be a church family. When we mess up, I'll mess up. I got to ask forgiveness uh, from people here. Uh, got to ask for forgiveness from my, from, from my wife. Uh, to my kids, you know, I mess up. You know, I say things, I don't follow through or whatever. Let's be a culture where we, we have repentance, grace, and mercy. And when you have a safe place, where there's grace and mercy extended, it actually allows people to repent a whole lot easier. Versus if you're in a place where you feel like you're going to be judged and people are going to stone you, um, it's really hard to repent, thinking like, I think I'm just going to get beat up. But I know we have a family that really wants to love well, so let's leave that space even greater. So I'm going to wrap up this message. Um, Jesus made it real clear, clear, yes be yes, no be no. 
as a church body, um, and uh, actually I'll invite up the musicians as I'm going to finish this, this will be good uh, for time. Uh, as a church body, like uh, the pastors as we're praying, we're, we're really a community, like the old, the name of the, the church before this is koinonia, which is the Greek word for fellowship, and I'm going to read that passage in Acts 2, but we're a community on a mission, and it's not a mission we came up with, it's a mission that Jesus invited us to. We want to be growing as a community where we gather together. And it's been really hard over COVID. We've been separated so much. Even those online who maybe long to be here and can't. Uh, for us, some of us are still scattered. There's, some, there's still people I know who have fallen through the cracks between they're not going here, but they're not going elsewhere. And it's really hard, right? Just a lot of difficult challenges. But we want to be a body where we can gather together. We want to hear God's word. We want to study together. It would be great uh, if we had a lot of robust, loving, caring, small groups running. But honestly, even before COVID, uh, one of our two greatest growth areas, just so you know, was holistic home groups. That's actually one of our missional values and need-oriented evangelism. That has been low for years as different church councils have looked at it, the pastors. And that's an area we want to grow in. With COVID, it only got worse, right? Because now we're not even being able to meet. And so as we've been thinking about this season with this series, we started introducing some tables, which I know is different, but we're like, if we can't have small groups going and we realize we're the body of Christ, we're not like an individual hand over here and an individual arm over here, right? We're the body of Christ. They have time where we can study together and pray together. As we are praying this morning, there's so many heavy things right now in the news and the war in Ukraine. It just weighs. The idea that we can lift up a brother or lift up a sister in prayer is so important. And that's why at the end of the service, all the benediction, we'll be able to stay around. We encourage you, it's only about 20 minutes or 15 minutes or so today, where we just have a time to talk about God's word and pray for each other. Because I don't know about you, but I need prayer every day. We need to pray together. Each one of you are gifted, if you know Christ, with wonderful Holy Spirit gifts that can build up the body. We want to make space for others to use their gifts. If you get words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophetic utterances, build up those at your table. You know, if God leads you to another table, it's like, I got a word for someone, walk to that other person. But we want time to be koinonia. We want time to be able to do fellowship together. We want to serve together. We want to pray together. We even want to go in the community and pray together. We are the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to read Acts 2, 42, 47, and then do one thing, and then musicians will go. Um, Acts 2, 42, 47 says, and this is where this word koinonia, you'll see this fellowship, which is one of the DNA places of our church that we're trying to recapture in a greater way by the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. It says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. It's like one big family caring for each other. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and then breaking in their homes. And we long to see, like as I mentioned, robust small groups all over the place that are just loving their community, county, farms. Right now we don't have them to the extent where they should be, but Lord, we're praying for that. So we're having space in here right now. But they would do this, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And I love this part. And it says, and the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who are being saved. Anybody want to see that in 2022? I'm like, Lord, whatever you want. I got to give my money away, get my house. If I need to die, God, whatever you want, I want to see your kingdom come. And I think when we're in a place where all of us are like, God, I'll give up anything today, on Sunday, and Monday, tomorrow, for your kingdom to come, I just 
want you to be glorified. Whatever you want. And so I'm finishing with this. Uh, you know, it's probably time. I'm trying to be sensitive, but this is the last thing I'm doing. Then we have the song, Benediction. If you're able to save for table time, I encourage you to do so. There's some instruction sheets on your, your table. But as I was praying on Tuesday about um, the message, I felt like the Lord gave me some very specific instructions. And I'm trying to say yes to the Lord more and actually obey. You know, all of us, were all in process, right? So I felt like the Lord specifically, I'm going to need, I think, what, Ethan, Alan, you guys ready to go? Um, yeah, the Lord told me uh, specifically, uh, I want you to go and buy uh, $50 worth of gift cards at two different coffee places in town of $5 a piece, so the $5 gift cards. And this is not with the church's money. I talked to Crystal. We prayed about it. We're like, eh, is this really good? You know, I don't know. Um, we prayed about it, like, this is what we should do. And so I'm just trying to be obedient to Jesus. This is what I feel like the Lord said to do. So I'm going to do my best to say yes to him and obey and follow through. So this is what the Lord told me. He's like, buy these gift cards and then just give them to everybody on Sunday. And the idea here is they're not for you. They're actually meant for you to bless someone else this week. If you want to have a really fun week, and like, I'm sure people could back me up on this, but it is so much better to give than to receive. Amen. If you want to have fun, if your life's miserable and you're like depressed, you're wondering like, I'm not saying there's other reasons, but one thing is like, if you're always just focusing on serving yourself, you get really miserable. But there's something about loving the poor, blessing people, when you connect to the heartbeat of Jesus, there's more joy than that than if you won the lottery a million times over. And I encourage you to play the lottery. There is joy in giving. So if you would like to, the idea here is you just have this $5 gift card. Just ask the Lord this week, uh, God, who can I bless? And maybe the Lord might give you someone right now or maybe during the week. The challenge is I want to challenge you with is within the next week to give this away. Do not keep it. Do not bury it underground. I ask that you not spend it on yourself. Just give it to someone else, but don't get the credit. If someone asks, why are you giving this $5 gift card to, then the two places are Jernabis and then Park Bros. If you don't know what they are, they're just two coffee places in town. Um, the key is don't get the credit for yourself. Don't let any of the glory go to yourself. Don't say, oh, why are you giving out this card? I I'm a nice person. Uh, my mom raised me well. Uh, my wife always tells me to do nice things. Like, <laughs> you know, don't, don't do that. Just let people know, I want to share this card in whatever way you want to word it because Jesus loves you. Does that make sense? And don't lead with the church. Don't do any of that. that can, if a conversation comes up later, that's great. But don't lead with that. We want all the glory to go to Jesus and there's people, and, and middle school, high schoolers, please take one as well. Bless your, uh, whatever, your teachers, whatever, uh, other students. But let's all, as, an, as the Lord leads us, just obey what he wants and say yes to Jesus. Does that make sense? It's very simple. But I'm believing we can bless a lot of people. Uh, and I'm believing that the Lord might even have opportunities for conversations to go deeper than just that. But if it's just, here's a gift card. Lord put you on my heart. Jesus loves you. And that's it. And you walk away. That's fantastic. It might go longer than that, but let's bless people. So I'm going to ask right now, if you would like to have a gift card, and I have 50 of them, and I don't want to have any of them go home with me. So if you like a gift card, can you just raise your hand, and Ethan and Alan will just pass them out. So the two coffee places, we're going to just do this. And the idea is just to give them out this week. It's so much fun to partner with Jesus, and it's really fun to bless people in Jesus' name. So just leave your hand up, and feel free uh, there should be enough for everybody, so don't feel like you have to put your hand down if you're concerned. <laughs> All right, so just want to make sure everybody gets covered.
Awesome. Don't want to miss any. Got one hand over here. And for those watching online, feel free to bless people as the Lord leads you with whatever you want. (laughs) Have fun with it. It is so much fun to give to others in Jesus' name. All right. Let us sing a song together. I'm going to have a benediction. We're probably going to have our table time will be short. It'll probably just be prayer because time was longer up here if you're able to stay. Well, let's have a time to close in a song, have a benediction, and then we'll have some prayer time.